Welcome to the coaches meeting. That's the coach. I'm Grant Cone. On, he's, he's, he's a coach. I'm quality control. I'm working my way up. He's at the top of the ladder. Good to see you guys. Uh, we're talking I, best and worst qualities of former coach. Former coach. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Um, well, I've just been over here cranking out pull-ups all morning just in case any player wants to come see me in training camp. So I'm letting everyone know I got six. Let's go. I got six more weeks. I'm not. Allow me. Allow me. Let let me go in. My man Grant was doing the pull-ups the other day with the the Tiffany blue Crocs. (laughs) You know, I got to keep it pretty when I'm up in there. You know. Never know who's looking at you. At the stoplight, I almost lost it. I was like, that's my man. That's my man. (laughs) I loved it. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, so we're talking quarterbacks today. A lot of 49 fans hate it, so we're going to save it. Right. What the coach and I do a lot of time is talk about offbeat topics or players that other play, like other uh, Niner fans don't know. So I got a name today. I think Niner fans don't know nothing about this guy. And I think he actually could be a really key player this year. He's under the radar, but he could end up starting and contributing in a major way. This dude was a, the fourth pick in the draft four years ago. Cleveland Farrell, defensive end, the Niners signed him. Everyone kind of scoffed, like, you know, okay, that guy was a bust. And everyone's saying, like, Drake Jackson's going to be the guy who emerges. And it may be Drake. Although Chris Kacerik said, you know, you're two, you're three. Sometimes it takes these young guys a little bit longer. He just hit the three-plate club. Like, he's got promise. I saw Cleveland Farrell at OTAs in minicamp. He's really strong. He's a grown man. He's 26. He had three sacks in minicamp in one day. So if one guy's asserting himself so far, it's Cleveland. Mm-hmm. What do you th- what do you know about this guy? Well, he's uh, Mike Mayock's, uh, you know, draft crush. Um, yeah. He was their first guy. Um, kind of shocked people with how high he went, but mm-hmm. um, the resume tracks. He was a uh, he was a all all American in 2016, um, ACC Defensive Player of the Year in 2018, the year yeah. before he got drafted. He's played in big games. The kid knows how to show up now. When he came to the Raiders, he was kind of, I mean, where he got drafted, I don't want to say it was not placed where he wasn't adequately placed where he should have been drafted, but he got asked a lot to do in Oakland. Uh, mm-hmm. And he wasn't given the type of job skill set that he's going to be asked to do here, where he's going to be asked to get off the ball, be able to hold down the gap, create leverage, and go get the quarterback. And, and Oakland, he's 6'4", 260. Um, if we got to go with body type, i say he more leans towards what you would see in Charles Aminihu, um, mm. a little rangy. I was just but, thinking that. I was just yeah, thinking that. But, yep. a lot, but Charles with a little bit more frame, with a little bit more on top of him. Uh, and I think that if we're just going with body type, right, for, for what we would want in an NFL player – He's he's much more further along than Drake is um, for what yeah. we, for what we will want, right? And Drake's right. on his way. Dr- Drake uh-huh. is coming. As we get closer, to no the shot season, at Drake. Drake is super yes. young. Yeah. As we get closer to the season, I feel like it's time to start bringing in all of the resources that we have to gather for our journey, right? Mm-hmm. And we what the things that we want Drake to do have been well documented, but that don't make that don't mean we don't want him on our team. That doesn't mean he's not gonna be an asset, right? But what we want um moving forward for what we know we need in that spot, because we are um a very good defense, is we need a consistent level of productivity from opposite Nick Bosa. And I think that Cleveland Cleveland Ferrell is somebody that the Niners see has a 
a viable chance to doing it, not just an outside chance. Um, yeah. The way I see this wide nine fit, I feel like it, no one really runs it except the Niners. I mean, not no, but it, it's kind of their thing. And yeah. you see a lot with, with D linemen. Sometimes it just clicks with them in this scheme. And they just, like Arden Key, Kerry Hyder. Like, they're good here, not necessarily other places. And, right. you know, we've seen Drake Jackson here. He didn't tear it up on the 49ers in this scheme. Like, maybe he's a good fit for it. Maybe it'll work out. We don't know. Cleveland mm -hmm. Farrell is kind of like that guy. He's been in a different scheme. He's been reading and reacting. He hasn't been, like, it might just click for him the way it clicked for Amenahue. And our yeah. key, not saying it will, but all I know is that OTAs, he was the one flashing. I haven't yeah. seen Drake Jackson make a play yet, even in practice. So I'm intrigued. And also, you mentioned Amenahue. What did Chris Kacerik do with Amenahue and Arden Key to get to make them instant contributors when they sucked? They didn't suck, but they weren't contributors before they were here. What did he do? He put them on the outside. Right. He, he, he would bring them inside on, on pass rushdowns. So yeah, Amenahue well, all sorry. of a sudden, he right, them on, yeah, Arden he Key. He put them on the inside, yeah. sorry. Correct. He put them on so the both those guys became interior pass rushers. Is that the plan for Cleveland Farrell? Because, I, I mean, mean, he's bigger I, He's yeah. bigger than Charles Amenahue. Um, yep. He's a lot more stout. And and really, uh, it's, what you, yep. it's, it's, it's what we all envisioned when we finally, when we got him inside of the building. We did expect him to kind of have a reclamation project on what was expected of him in Oakland. He, I don't think that we're going to be asking him to do all of that um, here mm -hmm. um, in San Fran. I think that uh, Cleveland also, um, he, for, for what he did flash with, because I really thought that, that the, the Raiders brought him in to kind of do, be everything. Pass yeah. pro, go get the quarterback. To be Nick Bosa. Right. But what he was good at right away was stopping the run. Um, Cleveland Farrell is good against stopping the run. And that's Correct. something that we had, we've had, had problems with. Amenahue isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Not and good. Arden Key was things, not good. Yeah. Yeah. And those are yeah. the things that we had problems with uh, later in the season because teams, in order to supplant a good pass rush, one of the best things that you have to do is you have to know how to run the ball. So a lot of teams are going to try to run the ball against our defense to make us prove that we can stop the run first before we start giving them opportunities at their quarterback. And, so and I, losing Samson Ebukam is a big loss uh, at, from the run defense standpoint. Uh, yes. The, the way D'Amico would talk about him and Robert Sala before is that he was the best run defender on the edge that the Niners had, even better than Bosa, no shot at Bosa. That's how much respect they had for Ebukam. So I don't know that Cleveland Farrell can do that. Because Ebukam could set the edge and contain a quarterback. He's so fast for a guy. He's so strong. Farrell's a right. little bit bigger. I don't know if he's his mobile. Anyway, if he could be a, a starting base end, and then on pass rushdowns, sometimes when you want to give Eric Armstead or Javon, uh, Javon Hargrave a blow, move him inside. Yeah. Could Kick work. him down. And, then could work. and even if he can't do that, just as a base end to stop the run is good right, right away. And then but he might be able to do more. If we do it that way, Iggy, if you think about it, uh, that'll also give Drake his opportunities to get reps. Being mm -hmm. able to kick Cleveland down and, and put keep Drake, Drake on the outside, yeah, and so, only play him on pass rush down, so he doesn't have to worry yeah. about something. And the then run. you yeah. know, also, also uh, social engineer some of his skill set. Drake is very athletic. You know, he, yeah, he can, can do run. stunts. Yes, he can do stunts, he can, all that stuff. he's very fleet of foot. He can change directions. Yeah. For the change, the the change of direction that Drake Jackson has is is very very elite. That is some of the things that we did see out of him right away that that made the second round pick feel like a steal. So Drake Jackson has uh, he has worth. Um, he has worth that belongs on this team. It's just that, you know, he's on the strongest unit on our team, if not right. in the National Football League. So right. the standards are on a whole nother level.
Right. And look, I, I didn't play football. You played football. You played in the trenches. That's in the NFL. Those are grown men. It's grown men. Like you, it's grown men. Like I, we saw Kinlaw come in. Kinlaw was the strongest dude in, in the SEC. He came into the NFL. He went one on one against Lake and Tomlinson the first day in training camp. I mean, struggled. sorry, dude. Like that's a grown man who, who's yeah. got better technique than you and even more strength. So, yeah. uh, Drake Jackson, you got a future, but Cleveland Farrell is 26. It's a grown man. There's no questions about his strength. And mm -hmm. he's the one already making plays at minicamp. So I think he should be on Niner fans radar as someone who could actually matter this year. Right. And this is the Chris Kassarik reclamation project of the year. Farrell. And yeah. Then Drake and I, might be I'm, a future project. I'm here to see it. Uh, I think that I think that Cleveland, when he came in, he touched on it right away in his um in his opening interview um during the summer that it's been known why defensive linemen come come into this organization and they come out with better situations or they revive their career or change the narrative of their career. Um, so he already knows why he's here, um, yeah. and he just doesn't strike me as somebody who will come in here and waste this type of opportunity. So I, I'm I'm excited for him because I feel like we it's a uh, it's two deals. It's two people with like-minded interests, right? Yep. He's trying to revive his career and yeah. we need somebody to play outside of, of their, of their salary to be yeah. honest. And like, think about it. Like, who are you betting on to have a bigger year this year? Well, I'm going to say my thought process, Drake okay. or Farrell, Drake or Farrell. Well, Drake probably has more upside, but Farrell is 26 and he's got all the urgency. It's, it's now or never. Yeah. So, He's got the strength. He's got the urgency. He's probably got the mindset to show out every day of practice, like I saw him do in minicamp. Drake, and, and I mean, he's, he's still growing up. Drake thinking, and, I got a uh, future, you know? Correct me if I'm wrong. It, we got him for a year? How long did we get, Cleveland? One. Yeah, yeah, he's not making that much money. It's all about yeah, what he so, can show this year to make money next year. So it's a Dude. Yeah. yeah. This could be, this this could a contract be something for that he could, like, catapult his career completely different direction. So... You know, know you know that. what the meeting was when they sat down. I was like, look, we can't offer you more than the minimum. But, but let me show you what Charles Amenehu got this year. Let me show you what Arden Key got the year before. That could be you. Yeah. And that's why he took the job. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it's one thing I will say that I love about our team is that for what it's worth, there if you have a starting job on this team, it's because you earned it. Right. Yeah. But there's too much competition on this team. For anybody to just, you know, sit down and be an incumbent and just think they have a starting position. So yeah. again, we got Drake in the second round. Shoot, we we let go of picks that we that we took two, three reps, took two picks on. I mean, we we don't care as far as our organization is concerned. Like whoever gets on the field to help us win. Yeah. And this is why the NFL is so tough. Like Drake, you think you're really good. Like, no, I'm not no offense. Like you got this pedigree, your second round pick. Everyone's talking about how good you can be. But now you got to compete with a guy who's five years older than you, stronger than you, uh, probably more mature than you because his career's on the on the brink of collapse right now. I got mm -hmm. more to lose than you. Yeah. Uh, it's a contract. You're like, hey, man, like I'm betting on Cleveland just because. And, and, and expectation. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. Cleveland Furrow was a legit guy in college. Oh, yeah. Right? No, 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 no. Let me let me let me like and, and Drake was not. Let me real quick. Cleveland yeah. Farrell. Uh, 27 sacks in college, 11 and a half his last year, nine and a half the year before that. Like Drake had like 10 sacks in college. Yeah. All the projection like, to Drake. That's, yeah. And that's something that I feel like as fans, you know, we treat, we treat the guys like baseball cards, right? They uh -huh. come in and then we care about them. We may flip them <laughs> over and, and look at their stats for a couple of minutes, you know, and then we yep. think we know about them, but we're talking about pedigree of player here. And 
Cleveland Farrell is the number four. He was a number four overall pick. He was the ACC defensive player of the year. He's an All-American. Cleveland Farrell is looking at Drake Jackson like, kid, you better be ready because I'm not playing with you. And that's the league. And like Drake Jackson, he had, I'm looking at it, he had 12 and a, 12 and a half sacks in college. So everything, like it's all been a projection for Drake Jackson. He, he was a late second round pick, could have fallen farther than that. Niners acting like they had this huge steal. Yeah, if it all pans out for Drake, but he never, ever proved it the way that Cleveland did in the, in the ACC. So again, maybe Drake Jackson is better than him, but is he better than him now? I don't know. I have to do this, Iggy, because there's somebody right now who's thinking the way I'm thinking. You know we just built the case for Brock over Trey with this with this Cleveland Farrell versus Drake scenario. Well, I, I see what you mean, but again, like this, we just built this would be scenario. more like Darnold. This would be more like Darnold because Farrell's 26. I think Darnold's okay. 27, 26. Like, like he's 26. So it's just a guy like a, a guy who's approaching his like because again. Yeah, right. Uh, what's okay, his face? Darnold's true. on a one-year deal too. Darnold's that's a twenty-six-year-old one-year deal, that's about to wash true. out. Not, not Trey, third pick, fourth not, pick. Yeah, yeah, it's Darnold. Not Trey and it's Brock, Donald. but Trey and Sam. Yeah, that's kind of like I kind of did. I kind of did. I kind of did. Yeah, but it's a different case. All I'm saying is, Farrell would made plays. I was like, wow, Darnold hasn't made plays like that yet. When right. Darnold does, I'll let you know. But Farrell's like, oh, but yeah, he's beating guys who aren't going to make the team. We'll have to see how he does against. Yeah, yeah, we got to see him once, once the pads get the How's he does it, how he does against McKivitz. All right, yeah. Smack Jones. This is a good topic. Let's add this to the list. Who is going to be the third starting linebacker, fellas? Also, what do y'all think will be the strongest and weakest unit on the team this year? Okay, let's start with the linebacker because I think that's a good topic in and of itself. Right, it's an underrated position. People are like, oh, you know, you know, it's it's not even a starter. It's really the nick. Mm, mm. Their third linebacker last year, Aziz Alshair was a very good player. A very, a good, very player. good player. And now he's going to be starting and playing most of the snaps for uh, Houston. So that's a loss. Who is going to be um, the new third linebacker in your, in your estimation? In my opinion, Marcelino McCrary Ball, in my opinion. So body-type-wise, body, body type wise, I think that Marcelino is already there. Um, I, thought he was, I thought he had the body to play linebacker when we, when we got him as a rookie, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, he's athletic. Um, if we're going to compare him to the position, he's everything that we need, but we've just got to see him get coached up and get the reps. If we're, if we're, if we're scouting him against Aziz, I think he may be, he has the possibility to be better. He's faster than him. He's bigger than him. Um, uh, and he plays with a little bit, um, from what I've seen in him in a preseason, he, um, he plays with young guys, but he's very instinctual and fast. So uh, now we do have D winners, right? And we do have, uh, what's that, Oren Burks? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so we do have guys that will fill in. And honestly speaking, Marcelino may be the flash pick, right? Because mm-hmm. he may be the sexy pick because he's what's there. But on a defense as good as ours, you may need somebody in that position that's simply going to do their job, right? Because if you think about it, Aziz isn't playing Sam. He's not going to Houston to play the same position. Aziz is going to play Mike. He's going to run that defense, right? So yeah. he's, yeah. So in some ways, you could say that Aziz was underutilized in this defense yeah. for, for what his true skill set could be. So maybe yeah. a guy like Oren Burks will fit exactly what was asked of Aziz um, in that position. 
you know, so that's a position for Oren. And then Oren plays a lot more than Marcelino, too, because Oren plays special teams. So you never know. I'm betting on Oren. I'm betting on Oren. I'm yeah. betting on Oren. I think they okay. really like Oren. Okay. Uh, Oren was the third round pick. Oren was taken, was drafted by the Packers 18 picks after the Niners took Fred Warner. He's got pedigree, too. He went to Vanderbilt. Yeah. He's 6'3". He plays special teams. He can cover a little bit. I think he's going to get the first crack at it. If he fails, it'll be Marcelino or D. Winners. But I think they really like Oren Burks. And any time, okay. you know, Greenlaw or one of those linebackers was not in the game last year, I felt like Burks was the next man up. And I think they're kind of hoping he takes that spot, at least this year. That's my guess. Burks. Well, I mean, it is a numbers game. And Oren yeah. already has the, the – the up on the position because he plays more than one position or in yep. play special teams. So correct. The, I stand corrected. Yeah, it would be. I mean, uh, look, be. look at his numbers from the combine, dude. He, he's 6'3", 233, ran a four five nine. His vert was a 39 and a half. His broad jump was 10, uh, 10 feet, 11 inches. His tw 20 yard shuttle was 4.15. His three cone drill was six eight two. Like he's those are just as, yeah, those are just as good, if not better numbers than Fred Warner. There's a reason he got taken the same spot. And I think yeah. the Niners might have the same, yeah, I Projection, mean, Oren can run, too. Use. He can run. Yeah. 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 So, I, I, so. Like, I like both of those, Burks. but I'm, you know, I feel like that position is in good hands, honestly. Um, yeah. we Don't worry about it. It's John yeah. Allen. Give Kyle credit. We're going to talk about what he does well, but a little preview. One of the things he does is hire some of his position coaches are just flat out. The stats. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Holland's one of yeah. them. If not, he could be the best one on the, on the team. He could be he's got a couple. He's got a couple of guys on this staff that are best in the biz. Yes, he does. Uh, Smack Jones also asked strongest and weakest unit on the team. Real quick, real quick, strongest. Strongest, uh, I would say the linebackers could be linebacker. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. it's the most yep. unquestioned. I feel like it's the most unquestioned transferable room that we have. Like it's not. I, I look at what the rest of the league says about our team, right? right. Not just how we feel about our team, and. When people look at our D-line, there's other D-lines that compare to us, but interior-wise, we're a little – we leave a little bit to be desired. And it's we don't true. have another book in to really no. match. But everyone Maybe. says the Niners is the best linebackers in the league. But everyone says it's that. unquestioned. Even without they, Aziz. Yeah. Even yeah, with, crazy. yeah, and that's, yeah. that's what's hilarious. When people, when people say we have the best linebacker room in the league, they're only looking at Dre and Fred on the field. We always, we always have to bring up Aziz. Right. right. You know it's what I mean? It's true. All right, lobs all day. Hey, lobs. First of all, I apologize for uh, making fun of you on Twitter today. It's all love, man. I know, unless you hate me, but I don't hate you. I'm sorry I did that. Um, you're a good guy. Thanks for the donation. He says, go on YouTube and find me a single throw Denver Peyton Manning made that Purdy can't. His arm was shot post-neck surgeries, brachial plexus injury. All right, fair enough. Uh, I'll find it. I bet you I will. You're telling me, I mean, I'll look, but you're telling me that Peyton Manning didn't have one 40-yard throw up the sideline in Denver ever? I bet he did. I'll find it. You find I, it, I Lobs. Don't, I don't give me I a mean, thirty. You can't find one. Thirty-five yard throw up the sideline. The inference that you went to go look for Peyton Manning to prove your point versus Brock yeah. Purdy lets me know where you stand right now. Yeah, like Peyton yeah. Manning. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. All right, okay, okay, okay. Check All right, let's moving on. So, before we get into Kyle Shanahan, let's do our daily Trey Lance conversation. All right. Uh, what I think is so interesting about this Trey Lance thing is that he hasn't failed, and yet the Niners are flirting with burying him on their depth chart or even trading him when Brock Purdy's fully back. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's understandable if they think Brock is super special, but like they keep trying to erase our memory like in Men in Black that they spent three years worth of first-round picks on Trey Lance 
and started him four games. Mm-hmm. Three first round picks, four starts, and they like like Brock better. I it's not it's one thing if it if a if a team trades for a player who's a bust. Carson Wentz didn't work out. You know that the Eagles gave him every chance. It didn't work out. They moved on. You know it happens. They're still a good organization, but mm-hmm. to make that kind of an investment and then throw it away before right. it ever had a chance to establish any kind of value or increase its value feels like malpractice from a business sense. Just business. Thinking of it as an investment. You made a huge investment. It didn't flop. You didn't get any results. You just gave up before the results came in. That's crazy. I don't know. What do you think? All right. Well, let's look at it this way. I'll create a scenario for you. Iggy, you and I have a relationship. I would say that we're cool, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But we also have a business relationship, right? We're in mm-hmm. business. And Correct. if we're in business and we have a partnership and you catch me stealing, okay? Mm-hmm. And if you catch me stealing, but you retrieve the assets that I stole, mm-hmm. will we still continue business? No, we wouldn't be friends either. Right. And right. it wouldn't be, be it would even if I said, but if you got your stuff back, you you no harm, no foul. It wouldn't be about the asset. It will be about the trust broken. I cannot trust you, coach. We can't mm-hmm. We can't move forward. And I don't know if you're going to do it again. I can't yeah. trust whether or not. In fact, I probably got to count on you doing it again. In fact, I have to count I, on I probably got to count on you doing it again. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Especially if I'm trying to move on from it and not, and not mm-hmm. be responsible for what I did. Right. Right. So. Right. Let's get a couple of things out of the way. This has nothing to do with Trey Lance being good or not. Right. Okay. This has no. nothing to do with Trey Lance starting, playing. And Trey never plays a game for the 49ers. That's just what it is. Right. Yeah. We can do anything about that. Right. But we're talking about the organization. And what we essentially did was we traded three first round picks for three and a half games. Yeah. That's what we did. How do you do that? It's you can't get around that. Uh-uh. That's what happened. You can't get around uh-uh. that. Uh-uh. So all of this stuff that happened in the middle, we found Brock, Jimmy stayed, he left, he came. All ba-ba-ba, of that. Ba-ba-ba, ba-ba-ba. All of that NFC Championship cool. appearance. Great. NFC Championship appearance. We would have won if Brock's arm would have stayed together. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, yeah, huh? Niners football is back. All of it. That's mm-hmm. cool. Uh-huh. What are we going to do about spending three first-round picks on three and a half games. That's right. And That's right. and aren't you a little concerned that we haven't had the conversation yet? I I kind of feel like, it, in, a, in a sense, it feels like the conversation is being swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. We're kicking the can. There's no responsibility tied to the assets because mm-hmm. the picks are gone. We're going to have our picks next year. All right? Mm-hmm. The, those mm-hmm. picks are long gone. Whatever. The games are played. Yeah. But what type of assurances do we have moving forward with this regime that this won't happen again? Well, it, it's happened more than once. That's what's, uh, that's what's yeah. so troubling about it. They, they did this with another Trey in the same draft. People forget about it and don't care. But it mattered. They traded two fourth-round picks to, to move up in the third round for Trey Sermon. They gave him 41 carries and waved him. Like, say what you want about Trey Sermon. J- Jordan Mason was better. You can't just burn draft capital. 
you got to stop trading up for players, running backs and quarterbacks that you're not all in on, that you could yeah. change your mind on after four games, 41 carries, right. 100 throws. Like if that's if you're that fickle, you never should be trading up for these guys. And they do it. They and do I'll it. I'll give you the caveat, Grant. I'll give you the caveat for the for those who are listening. But we do so well later in the draft. We do so well developing later draft picks. You know, uh -huh. it doesn't matter. It does. Matter. It does matter. It, it does. only doesn't matter if you win a Super Bowl because until yeah. you win a Super Bowl, what we could say is, well, you might have won one by now if you hadn't burned three first round picks. Yeah, burned them. Yeah. So I mean, I, that's 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 like fifty percent of my whole trainees to play campaign, if you will. That's like fifty percent of business sense. Because, that's yeah, just good business. You made an investment. I know. I know that there's a thread that is going to unravel an entire quilt if you have to answer that question. Because if you yeah. have to answer for the first for the three first-round picks that you wasted on Trey, that means that you have to be culpable now. All right? And now yep. that you're... Go ahead. Yeah. No, go, no, no, no. Go ahead. Go no. ahead. You're, go ahead. You're and, rolling. You're rolling. Now that you're culpable, that means that the clock starts on how long you need to be here. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're in this purgatory where, for some reason, as long as we keep resetting this quarterback mm -hmm. situation, or mm -hmm. as long as we keep resetting our focus on how we're going to try to get a Super Bowl, we forget the fact that the meter is running. There's, right. We're seven years in. Right. You know what I'm and I think the Niners are sort of counting on the fact, well, Niner fans, the Niners are thinking, well, it doesn't matter that we not missed on Trey, but that we just uh, kicked the can on Trey and didn't give him a chance because Brock's our franchise quarterback, and we're going to win a Super Bowl. If that happens, if Brock turns into Tom Brady and they win Super Bowl, multiple Super Bowls, then yeah, ultimately this won't matter. But right. failing that, failing that, this is going to matter, and this to, is going to follow the Niners around forever. It's and you failing know, that, and really, and really, the entire league is kind of savoring this opportunity, and the entire league is waiting to pounce on this. Yeah. Right. Nope. Everybody is. This is a slow rolling boil on this mm -hmm. whole Trey Lance situation because it's not They're waiting. You yeah. have you have you have your fans that are sensationalized about how they think he should play. But mm -hmm. this is the league. The league mm -hmm. is all about good and bad business. All right. Mm -hmm. And I don't care who you are. Bad business gets you fired. Yes. That's 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 the facts. All right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Three first round picks and not being able to answer for them, it, Brock has to Brock has to work in more than one way. Brock working not only gets us our championship, but Brock working gets all of these guys paid. It keeps the salary cap going where it needs to go, and it absolves this regime of the three first round picks that they spent on a quarterback who they only let play three and a half games. Right. You can't. All right. So. So that's why I feel for Brock in certain ways on the pressure that is on him because he has a lot of undue stress on mm. him playing week one that there's a lot of it that has nothing to do with him. Yeah. What is the big deal about him playing week one? If he's ready week three, that's fine. It just seems like the Niners are putting, yeah, he'll be ready week one. He'll be ready week one. I saw oh, him throw oh, no, two passes. I saw him throw two passes. He's good. If Brock isn't ready week one, then that means that the Niners definitely have to either roll out what they have with Trey, and if Trey struggles, then that means the clock starts on the clock starts on what you did with Trey, and now you got to get rid of him. And if he struggles, Trey Trey Trey's trade value plummets. Okay, yeah. 
But if you start Sam, you've already you've effectively killed Trey's uh, trade value already because you've picked another third overall pick who you didn't pick over the guy that you have in your own building. So yep. Brock has to play. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, Lobs all day says Peyton threw 55 touchdowns in 2013 on Denver. That's um, a non sequitur. Totally. Like, thank you, though. Uh, Lobs all day says no. Kurt Warner, Drew Brees, Joe Montana, Fran Target, and Denver Peyton all had similar arms to Purdy. Dude, you are delusional. You're, you're delusional. You're but delusional thank you. with money, though. But I appreciate that. And not, <laughs> thank you. John B says, question for you both. Let's say Brock is a limited participant in training camp and plays no preseason, but Trey looks good in training camp and preseason. Do the Niners still start Brock over Trey? I think they do, and I think it'd be yeah. a mistake. They would still I think play they Brock. They do, and I think it's a mistake. Yeah. Because I, I feel like if that happened, they would look at, they would look at, they, they're so arrogant. Like, if that happened, yeah. they would look at that as Trey's trade value going up, not Trey being yep. promising. Correct. Yep. They would look Crazy at that and like, oh, oh, now they really can see what he can do. Let's trade him. Mm-hmm. They, wouldn't, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't take it. I'm with you. Crazy Rod 16 says Bill Walsh would have taught Trey Lance how to be a better quarterback. Uh-huh. He would have. I'm not saying he would have made Trey Lance a, a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't know. He would have made him a very good quarterback. You know, no. I, I want to push against that. With Bill Walsh, at least we would have known what Trey Lance is. Correct. There you go. Yeah, now, I mean, there's still, a, there's still this feeling not a feeling but a feeling that he hasn't been coached yeah he has been well, coached. well and then and then those who don't want to say he hasn't been coached just call him a bust okay so lobs all day who says that um brock purdy is sort of like peyton manning and drew Brees and kurt warner and joe montana rolled into one says okay. trey lance is like paxton lynch and deshaun kaiser physical tools but don't have the instincts feel for the position calmness under pressure accuracy for the position if he would consolidate okay. the chats and just send a $20 chat, I- I'm just trying to help you out, Lobs. <laughs> Lobs, man, we've all read your take on Trey a million times on Twitter, man. I mean, you called it with Brock. We'll see if you're right on, on Trey, but like, what is the need for certain people to just repeat themselves over and over and over about Trey? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, we heard you. We heard Flav. You guys might be right. I mean, we're going to need a little bit more information, but we heard you, man. I thank you for the $5, so I really do. But yeah, we're, we're yeah, well aware of where you stand on the issue, Rot Lobs. It's good Got insight. You. Thank you so much for your opinion. No, expert opinion. Tyler says, Brock is, the, is like the Miami Heat of football. We have to play perfect football with Brock. Brock is like the Miami Heat of football. Yeah, like the Miami Heat of football. Like, you know how the Miami Heat there, they have to play like perfect ball in order to stay in the game. They can't have a bad shooting night. They can't not do good on rebounding. Every single facet of the team has to be clicking for the Heat to win. That's true. I see what and they saying. can make these runs. They can make these runs, but ultimately they're not good enough. Yeah, they're I mean, you're enough. a Chrysler 300. You look like a Phantom until a Phantom pulls up. Yeah, you're a Kia Stinger, man. You are not. You are not a Porsche. Whatever. I got a Kia Stinger. It's nice, but it's a good vehicle. 360 horsepower. Not that I ever use it. I drive slow. I'm old. You're a slow driver. But I got slapped in the trunk, so come see me. Did you get you did you get that trunk fixed? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> Phenomenal. Life is just not good enough without a 12 in the, in the anyway. Are you a 12 guy or a 10 guy? Do you like that crispy pop? Or do you like tens. that thunder? See, I see I got the I might switch it up. Two tens is two tens. It hits it's harder. It's more classy. Yeah. 
people people know you got some shit, but you're not being ignorant. Like two tens is the way to go. I like twelve. That's thunder, man. That's got that low rumble. It's fun. True. I like that. But anyway, um, Af- two thousand one Afghanistan goal get Bin Laden. Whoa. Okay. Two thousand six Af- uh, AFG goal get Taliban. Two thousand eleven AFG goal democracy. Twenty twenty AFG goal women's rights. Kyle like the Department of Defense perfected the art of doubling down on a poor decision that came mm. out of left field that, that was a fire ass quote though because <laughs> i'm into politics that tracks wow. that tracks i'm not into politics so thank you very much for schooling me on that one wow right. kyle is like the department of defense wow the dod That's kicking deep. the can <laughs> repurposing it rinse and repeat I, I i agree with that all right rob martin says afternoon gentlemen start trey only thing we should be talking about is quarterback order. Shouldn't be talking about getting rid of anybody. Did people forget we went through four quarterbacks last year? You know who didn't forget that? The Niners. <laughs> yeah, because they're keeping them all. I think it's so funny that the Niners were like, man, we went through hella quarterbacks this year. What are we going to do? Should we fix our offensive line? Kyle's like, nah, fuck that. Let's just get two tight ends Let's and a couple more quarterbacks. Let's go. <laughs> nah, fuck that. <laughs> No, nah, let's get worse on the offensive line. That's what we're going to do. I love that shit. Yo. Kyle's hilarious. Kyle's hella funny sometimes. Richard Clark says, at what point does the legend of Brock Purdy outgrow his actual ability? I think that happened. That happened. That happened. Just like it happened with Jimmy immediately. That's what we're talking about. Not only, it, not only did it happen, but what's hilarious about it is those who saw it, how they're interpreting it. Like yeah. how they're saying that it happened. Yeah, like, it yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Brock got He's basically life. like Peyton Manning. Well, no, no, not at all. No, no, no. He's like Brock Purdy. He's like Brock Purdy. Yeah, yeah I, nice. I just, I, I love this. We are gonna look back on this, on these, this pocket of time, and yeah. look at all of the people repurposing Brock Purdy's skill set as if it's Peyton Manning. We're yeah. gonna, we're gonna go back to all of these people with dynamic microphones standing in front of their cameras talking about. Yards per throw. <laughs> I got a th- I got a theory. People like Lobs and Larry. I don't. I'm not. I'm not trying to be disparaging here. I'm. I'm. This is a yeah. compliment. Those guys saw it early on. Brock. They. That was the last pick in the draft, and they were like, that's "No, no, no this dude's legit. This dude's legit." And they were right. So that's like winning the lottery. It's like, oh my god, I was freaking right. And so I think once you win, it's like being at the the craps table, or you just won big. And you're yeah. like, now nah, I got to keep it rolling. Now I got to say he's like going to be a franchise quarterback. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, cash out. He's you won. A tittle. You won. Like, you're a millionaire. Don't let it ride. You're not on a heater. You got one. But I feel like, Larry, Larry, I love you, man. I'm talking to I feel like maybe not Larry as much as Lobs is just saying like, okay, I was right that he was legit. Now I'm going to say he's a franchise quarterback. I think Larry's saying I, you can't say he's not a franchise quarterback or you can't say he won't be, which is fair. Lobs is over here saying this dude is Peyton Manning, which I got to be like, Man, you got to walk away from the craps table at this point, man. Not only that, you're though, up. You're up big. Not only that, yeah. though, but what Lobs is doing and what other people are doing. When you say that, when you say that Brock is going to be somebody else, what you're effectively yeah. saying is that Brock right now is the finished right. product of what you think he is. And mm-hmm. the thing that Lobs and other people aren't looking at is that when you bring up things like Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning wasn't even Peyton Manning when he came in the league. Peyton Manning was throwing picks everywhere he lost okay? so many games he's lost so many games that people yeah. forget about drew Brees. drew Brees's career was in the balance and say oh it Diego. was they was- they were so disappointed in him they they uh drafted philip rivers and that sort of lit a fire under him 
Come on. Oh, real quick, so, real quick. Peyton Manning was originally Jameis Winston. That dude threw 28 picks in his first season, 15 in the next, 15 in the next, 23 in the next, 19. I mean, dude, in his first five years, that, damn, that dude threw damn near 100 picks. Yeah, Peyton Manning. I, and, yeah. and in some ways, that's a whole nother conversation outside of this show. But I don't think you're ever going to really see any of those guys anymore because you don't have the patience. Even True. Patrick Mahomes True. was given even Patrick Mahomes was given a little bit of time that even yeah. Trey Lance isn't getting, right? Yeah. So like it's true. You know like look at look at uh in for the bill Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. I mean I mean these guys got time. time. They got a time. whole franchise wrapped around them. They had a coach wrap his tether his career to them. So yeah. it was real accountability between them. That's not yeah. what we're doing here. No. That's not what no. we're doing here. No. May May says, I had a dream last night that Brock was injured in a game and Darnold came in as a second string. Trey was third string. I'm an Eagles fan. WTF. Are you talking about your <laughs> Thank you for letting it. I don't ever remember my dreams, man. They go, they, they flee immediately. SF Bay drummer says, Grant, spend some money and put four 15s in the trunk. Four 15s, four? man. That's a lot. That would be, I, that would just be rude for the neighborhood, I think. I don't think that would be considerate. Flave says, if. That's, <laughs> Who am I trying to impress? Flave says, if I had four 15s and I walked out, walked a 35 year old white guy, everyone would be like, that's no, can't happen. Absolutely not. I no. have to, within reason over here. Flave says, if Walsh traded three firsts for Trey, the Drucken Miller pick would have looked incredible. Walsh never would have traded three firsts for anyone. Anyone. He, did he ever do that? He traded down. He traded yeah. a second and a fourth for Steve. So that's, the, I mean, like, but again, you can't fault Trey for that. But Kyle trading three. First, for anyone, yeah, let alone and, and, a guy that, in college. Right. And, and you know what? what? I, and again, and I'll say it too, and this is, I, I, I pretty much have been known to be a Trey supporter. Trey got paid, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about mm -hmm. effectively. He got a Maybach this week. Yes. We're, we're effectively talking about, we're keeping our, our organization on the right path because we know what it's like to be a dumpster fire. And we're seeing behavior that is very, very troublesome. And if if we're sitting here focused on the season and trying to win games, then who's watching Kyle? Who's watching these guys to 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 challenge them about the three first round picks that that are that are that are that are sitting here gone? Like, mm -hmm. who's doing that? Like. Is it, is it really, do we really got to wait for Dr. York to come down and start walking around with his hands behind his back? Is I that so. what has to happen? I think that's what happened. That has to happen. I swear. Yeah. Which is silly. In it which is, case, dude, why don't, you, why don't you buy a house a little closer to the stadium and stick around, man? Don't just come once a year when things are looking a little dicey. Yeah. Crazy Rod 16 says, in Columbia, hate the Trey Lance haters. Hate the Trey Lance haters. Are there Trey Lance haters in Columbia? That would be wild, man. That's People crazy. just walk around being like, hey, screw Trey Lance. It's like, what? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, Steve M has been watching your channel for a cool minute. And for my money, here it is, Grant. Thank you. And in no particular order, no particular order, Papa Cone, Jesse, Vish, Rob, Stats, and the coach, they always bring something to the table. Thank you, man. Absolutely. I have some heavy hitters on my channel. Lobs all day. Thank you for sticking with us, Lobs. I'm only comparing arm strength here. Never said Brock is Payton. I did say Purdy will be a franchise quarterback before his first start. Hey, salute, respect. Salute, respect. I do say... Lobs, I make fun of you on Twitter, but you called it, man. Respect. Yeah, I didn't see that. I you called nobody it. Nobody saw it. That's hey. The rest of your life, put that on your resume. That's that's legit, dude. Real deal stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the hell I'm looking at with quarterbacks. 
especially in college. When I see him on a field for my and like in person, I get a better feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, watching the tape, I'm wrong. I always trick myself. Like I thought Kellen Mond was good. Nope. It's just the the it, it, it's a very intricate position. It's hard. You know, it's it's, it's not it's not hard. It's not easy. You know, no. um, I, I don't. I don't even really know that much about like tough. how to coach up a quarterback like that. <laughs> it's hard, yeah. man. <laughs> All I want to say is me and Lobs both like DTR this year. So I feel good about that. Hopefully I'm right. And you're right too, Lobs. All right, let's get to the Kyle Shanahan stuff. Positive. Let's mm. list every single thing we can think of that Kyle Shanahan does best. And let's try to leave no stone unturned. People in the chat, if we miss something, you don't even have to super chat it. I'll look. I want to get a complete exhaustive exhaustive list of Kyle Shanahan's best qualities. You start. We can go back and forth. All right. Number one uh, that I would say is that Kyle is extremely intelligent. Kyle is a very smart coach. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say that Kyle is very good at acquiring not just a staff, but the a curated staff that fits mm-hmm. his system. Mm-hmm. He know there is nobody inside of that building that is doing their own thing. Everybody Correct. is everybody is on one collective effort and goal. And mm-hmm. another thing that I like about Kyle with his staffing is that you can see the Rolodex over time, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of Kyle's, a lot of people in Kyle's um, enclave are former players, mm-hmm. uh, former coaches that he either coached with or coached against. Uh, so a lot of the players that we uh, that we ingest are people that we've played against people that we've gone around. And what that says to me, being a head coach is that says that Kyle is very conscientious. He's always paying attention to his environment around him and what's, and what's being done uh, in the competitive nature. So I will, mm-hmm. I'll, you want me to lobby it back to you or, or. Yeah, you, you said it back to me. One okay. thing I like, you, you mentioned this, the, the, the intelligence. I think one thing you see with Kyle is like, once he has a feel for the identity of his offense that year, and it does take him maybe a month, month and a half, two months, once he has a feel for that, and maybe he has a feel for what everyone, what other teams in the league are, are trying to do on defense, his game plans, his game plans. It blossoms. Oh, my God. It like, does. He, his game plans are phenomenal, and it's not mm-hmm. to be, to be um, fair. It's not just on offense, man. His defensive game plans, who, from from D'Amico to Sala, I'm thinking, I don't know about Wilkes yet, but from D'Amico to Sala, those game plans were just as good, if not better. So mm-hmm. the Niners can beat you physically. They, they, he, puts, he puts together this physical team, but they also, like, outthink you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the best of both worlds, a physical team, but also a smart team. I mean, during that 12-game winning streak last year, like, they were out game planning teams and out physicaling teams at the same time. That's Who else does that? That's yeah, impressive. I mean... It- if you think about it, uh, we're there. Uh, we got Matt Rule fired, you know. We yeah, we outclassed. Uh huh. We outclassed yeah. the Panthers. Um, and mm-hmm. that's that's when you when you see things like that. That's not just an ass whooping. That's when you bring an entire organization into our organization, and owners are paying attention and they're looking around and they're seeing like, man, look at how this guy runs his team. Look at how yeah. look at how these guys roll out and play ball. I, yeah. we were the I want that. I want that. Exactly. Yeah. I wish my team played that hard. We yeah. were the deciding factor against uh, that guy. I believe that got my Matt Rule fired. Him seeing uh-huh. um, how we handle business. Also, yep. I would I would like to talk about how Kyle's relationships with his players. Uh, Kyle really gets together a strong leadership council 
on his yep. teams. Um, right. He's, he's very not good. the leader. They're the leader. They are. Like, they are. Yeah. Right. You I like, lead. I like yeah. to say the yeah. 49ers do not have team captains. We have a board of directors. So, yes. uh, so yeah. Kyle's the CEO. So, yes. yeah. right with that, um, right. I, I really think that there's a lot of pros to a strategy that way. Um, yeah. it, a lot of buy-in. A lot of buy-in. A lot yeah. of buy-in. A lot yeah. of hearts and minds. You get mm -hmm. a lot. You bring in a lot of. Which is like 80% of coaching, right? Or, or like 90% yes. of coaching. You can't yes. do anything if they don't buy in. Yeah. Exactly. The, anything. The, um, yeah. One of the things that Kyle brought, something that I know that Kyle brought up, when, um, he brings up a lot when he first came to the 49ers is that he was very, very hard up on trying to change the culture here. He wanted to be able to get the players to practice a certain way, to be able mm -hmm. to work out in the offseason a certain way. Knowing that being in the NFL isn't good enough, you have to be a pro in the NFL. That's one thing. That's another thing that I love about our team that I feel comes directly from Kyle is when we do ingest players into our organization, we have a Niners standard. We don't just have mm -hmm. a NFL standard, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. there is, there's a lot of times where you, and, and we've seen it. We've seen rookies yeah. that have come here that cannot keep up to the pace in the competitive nature of this ball club. And yeah. that's because what, that's because of what Kyle has created here. Okay, I got more. Um, George Kittle was talking recently about how um, diverse the Niners' run game is and how much it's evolved the last few years. And he said, you know, what we were doing the first two years here is not what we were doing. We, we've been doing since 2019. What happened yeah. in 2019? Chris Forrester became the offensive line coach. They got rid of Tom Benton. They brought in Chris Forrester. And between Forrester and Bobby Turner, I mean, they have the best coach run game in the league. Those two. Those two guys. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm taking Kyle out of it, but he gets credit for having them. Yeah, Between he gets credit, and Turner, I don't, I don't, the Niners. It's always going to be a good run game. Yeah. They need to understand what we have in a coaching staff as far as our run game is concerned, right? We don't just have a running backs coach no. or an offensive line coach. The best, the best. Coach Forrester is the preeminent subject matter expert at, at the offensive line position for the outside zone. Yeah, we have. Is. The number one offensive line practitioner at offensive line. And if you think about it, uh, it's the same thing with Chris Concert. Chris Concert gets a lot of love on this football team. But mm -hmm. uh, there's not a lot of offensive linemen coaches who can take on a guy who's – and linemen are big. We got to come mm -hmm. with strength and agility. It's a technique position. And a lot mm -hmm. of times with linemen, you kind of come in as you are, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a backup coming in as a rookie, you're going to be a career backup. Right. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of times are you going to elevate to becoming a starter. Right. It's just mm -hmm. when you're alignment, you're a little bit more of a grown man already. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what's hard, what, what's special about that is that I don't believe that there's a lot of teams that could have done with Aaron Banks that what we did, where we were able to get Aaron right. Banks and bring him in and understand that he was a little less desirable than what we wanted. And to yeah. be able to shelf him, change his body, still yeah. keep technique on him and then be able to not only change his body, keep technique, but keep confidence and come yep. in and still play. You know, okay. that's 100% attributed to Coach uh, Forrester. Another thing um, that we don't talk about with Coach Forrester as far as coaches is concerned is that we lost our run game coordinator in Mike McDaniels years mm -hmm. ago. And Coach Forrester was the one who took over. Taught him, yeah. Yeah, who yeah. came in. And it, we didn't miss a beat with no. Mike McDaniels leaving. And as far as Mike McDaniels leaving, I remember the rhetoric around the rhetoric around that was he was the mad scientist. No. He was the one that it was found Forster. Debo. No. Yeah. Right. Forrester's the one that taught McDaniel. 
Yes. So, yes. so Coach Forrester, Coach Forrester is not just a offensive line coach. He's no. the best at what he does in the scheme yeah. that he does. And yeah. so is Bobby Turner. Um, so when you take those two men who not only are great at what they do, but they've been around the they've been around the block for a while. They they've been here. Um it's no mistake why our run game is the kernel of what we do for our offense. And again, you have to attribute that to Kyle because they didn't just volunteer, they got hired. And what the, what Kyle does is what his dad did as well with Forrester and Turner is and before Forrester was Alex Gibbs. What the Shanahan's do is they take that great run game and then they pair it with the play action game that looks just like the runs. And they're really good at that. So when people say, you know, the Niners get guys wide open, that's what they're talking about is these play action passes. Teams mm -hmm. are so concerned with the run game because it's so well schemed. And it's, yeah. I mean, there's so many good running backs that they still have to stop it. And then boom, guys are wide open because the play action passes look exactly the same. It's mm -hmm. a big thing. And then, and then the last thing is, maybe not the last thing, but the motion. It's a huge part of what Kyle Shanahan does. They, we they need the league. Every snap. And what are they doing? They're trying to get the defense to think. Think. Slow down. Think. What's your gap assignment now? What's your gap assignment now? What's your gap assignment now? And yeah. if one guy messes that up out of 11, explosive play. And that's yeah. what the, the Washington team did in the 80s under Joe Gibbs. They did it all the time. And it's just to slow down defenses. What the Niners try to do. It's what other mm -hmm. teams mimic because Kyle has success with it. And we're going against the tide. You know, competitively, you have to look at the market of what it takes to win a Super Bowl. And I think that sometimes when you see everybody swimming with the current, you may you may say, well, why don't, why don't we go left while everybody's going right? You know, having yeah. a strong physical football team that can run the ball, that's not something that you want to see in the middle of the season when you're, when you're just trying to pass the ball. A lot of teams don't have – a 60 minute ball club to put up with what we're willing to do with for four quarters, especially yeah. with controlling the clock. So yeah, um, it's, yeah. it's, it's a very good strategy to go about dominating in football. And uh, I'm happy that we're, we're, we're pretty much at the tip of the sphere of the teams that are doing it that way. I think we've listed everything he does. Well, that's about 20 minutes. Do we miss mm -hmm. anything? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's just honest with players. Uh, I don't know. He has, he has fairly good. good fashion sense for a middle-aged white guy. Okay, let's give him that. Um, we're good, right? Yeah. What's one thing we never mentioned in the last 15 minutes? One thing we never mentioned. The quarterback position. Quarterback. Okay, we're going to get to that in a second. Lobs All Day says, I'm only comparing arm strength here. Never said Brock is Peyton. I oh, did say old. Purdy will be a franchise quarterback. Oh, we got you? All right, Lobs. Respect. Uh, hold on. Ink Talk TV says, did Kyle create a system for backup quarterbacks? Kind of feels like it, right? Everything's about yards after the catch. I mean, there's no emphasis but getting the ball down the field. It's it's a type of offense where backups can really function really well because yeah, you, scoot, you're not asking a lot low. physically from them. You're not asking a lot physically from your quarterback. Yeah, it's a little scoot yeah. and go offense. For sure. It's almost a little uh, high schooly. Yeah. Flave says, do you think it's possible that Kyle wanted Mac but Jed overruled him because of pressure after the trade up? If so, imagine Kyle Shanahan's job security after drafting Purdy the following year and saving Jed's... Uh, no. I think what happened, my best guess, is that Kyle liked Mac and Trey, met with both of them, and I don't think the meeting with Mac went well. Because Kyle has a very um, particular personality, and he knows it. And he, he knows he needs a quarterback who has a very particular personality to, to work with him. Trey has it. Brock has it. Sam has it. Mac Jones does not have it. Does not have it. 
Um, so I think that's what happened. I think it did not go well. The meeting between. Yeah, them. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. Yeah. Ball of yeah. Ball of vision says what Kyle Shanahan does best: get his quarterback slaughtered and choking the biggest games when it counts. Well, yeah. Um, okay. Let's uh, let's get there. So now let's let's do the other side of it. What does okay. Kyle Shanahan do? Let's make a full list of Kyle Shanahan's worst qualities as a hood coach. What what are his biggest faults? Uh, I would say getting out of the way. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things. Uh, I I don't know, man. I mean, you want to be a coach, you want to be a coordinator, you want to be a, a player. You know, yeah. Um, Who are I, you at any given time? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like um, if we're being fair, right? If we're being fair, the quarterback is the most important position in sports. Fuck football. Um, And, you know, being great, um, you know, because let's let I don't I want to keep context in the middle of this. Kyle is known as a great coach. He's known as a genius offensive mind. Right. And those things can be true. You know, I life enough people are saying it. All right, there's there's something there. Um, but your greatness is measured on what you do great outside of your passion, not necessarily what people know you for. Now we've had Kyle in front of us for six years, and it's been a great show. He's shown mm-hmm. us everything. He's shown us his motions, his offense, how to how to get players and develop them, but Dang, Kyle, Kyle called him and shut you down. That was Kyle? Or... Yeah, that was Kyle. All right. So, yeah. No, but um, but ultimately, uh, what you want to do is you want to get better and you want to see somebody through to their full maturation process. And once you see, it's like being in a relationship. All of, Everybody's coming with their representative when you first meet somebody. And they're giving you the best of what they got. But after a while, you're going to have to see the draws in the sink. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to have to be in somebody's house and see how they really live. And once you see how they really live, you're going to start to see some things that, hey, maybe you could get better at this. Maybe you could work on this. And once you really live with somebody and you've chosen to really be 10 toes down with them, you start seeing flaws that that definitely need to be worked on for this relationship to even move forward. Right. And um, one of that that big thing for us is scouting developing and protecting protecting the quarterback a trifecta that's the thing with kyle like the fact that he can't scout it he can't coach it he can't protect it that's a huge problem yeah and and that's why this if you you say like what's the biggest problem with the with the niners the quarterback position it's not kyle well kyle's the problem with the quarterback position because he can't scout it develop it it, or coach it or protect protect it And, and it's like they got brock great he didn't scout brock that was uh steve slowick it was Brian Greasy, and then he got him hurt in eight games. Like, that's what Kyle does. Yeah, so and that's a I big feel, problem with Kyle. And also, I, I feel like that when we do get – that's really not the issue, to be honest with you, because it is an issue, but it can be fixed. You can outsource. You can get people in. You can go – God forbid, go learn. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, I need to say something about that too. Back, back in the early 2000s, the – the read option, the read option and the zone read, zone read option, play action, all of that stuff was coming into the NFL and it was taking the league by storm. 
And yeah. at that time, the number one guy in the league who was winning Super Bowls, which is crazy to me how we treat Kyle, but he was actually winning Super Bowls. Bill Belichick went out to Oregon and sat down with their staff for an entire summer, okay, for three months and learned mm -hmm. that offense. Mm -hmm. He sat down and humbled himself and understood that, look, this is something in my career that I cannot abide by. I can't call myself being one of the best coaches out here and being a true evaluator and not know this. And that's my second, that's kind of like my next gripe with Kyle is I, I do question what kind of a student he is. Like, do you only look at the stuff that you want to look at? Like, yeah. are you out here? Are you out here? Are you only an expert on your thing or are you constantly trying to learn more? Exactly. I mean, yeah. are you are you stretching yourself? You have a very narrow scope of expertise. Very yeah. narrow. Are I mean, you, you can't coach a position. You only know one system. You don't know defense. Yeah, and I just for, for me, these aren't the things that you see when you want to nitpick it, Kyle. Right? Mm -hmm. This isn't mm -hmm. stuff that comes up right away when you see Kyle. When you see mm -hmm. Kyle, he's a very impressive head coach. Let's just get that out the way. Mm -hmm. Very impressive knows what he's talking about, straightforward, doesn't give you information that he doesn't feel like you need, and has a mm -hmm. plan, right? Yeah. Anybody can get behind that. But that's yeah. not what we're talking about. What we're talking mm -hmm. about is the fact that we've been living with him, all right? Yeah. We're not yeah. dating him. And we, we know him too him. well. We and know we him know way too him. well. Exactly. So I got, I got some things that, that I would put on the does poorly uh, category. He has great game plans a lot of the time, but he does not adjust well mid-game, mm -mm. in my opinion. He does not adjust well mid-game. And a lot of times what happens early in the season is he doesn't quite know an opponent. And so the, their game plans are so specific. We're going to get these fronts. We're going to get these pressures. Let's rep it all week, and this is how we're going to beat it. If you don't get the fronts, if they don't get the fronts that they thought they were going to get and they practiced against, they'll lose. And then they'll, George Kittle will come out afterward and be like, yeah, like we didn't expect to see that, get those looks, and we didn't know what to do. Like, right. Okay. And, and you're just parroting. Okay. And yeah. To, to, to piggyback on what you're saying, though, Grant, you know, I mean, the offense, I need somebody, I need to see somebody else operating this offense outside of you to believe that it really works, okay? Yeah. Like, if you're the only one that can wield this offense, then mm -hmm. I need, and I'm not talking about somebody that takes it and goes to another organization. No, I want to see this offense work with somebody else calling the shots and you being the head coach. That's yeah. a real transition that we need, okay? Because I'm just being honest. How many times I, I, I feel like because of what we see out of the players that we have on offense, Trent Williams and Juice are probably the only two athletes on that team that are really being used to their full potential as far as being yeah. able to see everything that you want to do with them. I don't think that Debo runs the full. Um, you good? Yeah. Kyle is yeah. fucking with us. But That's I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think they run the full complement of the route tree, and that's that, that's problematic for me. How many times, Jimmy? Jimmy. All right, forget Brock, forget Trey. Jimmy was in this offense how many years as a starting like, quarterback? Like five. Five years. Jimmy took this team to the Super Bowl and two NFC Championship games. Right. Think about this. How many times have any of you guys seen Jimmy call an audible? It doesn't happen. Not allowed. Think about that. Think yeah, about not allowed. That. Now, I, I'm not talking about coming to the huddle for two for one. Check with one me. Run. No Can't, check with me. Not that. Not that. No RPO. None of that. I'm talking no. about 
when have you seen Jimmy in the middle of his cadence stop call his own play? Yeah, and call, call his own play. Look or look at Brandon Ayuk or look at Debo and call his own route. Yeah. When have you ever seen that? And if you can't say that you've seen that, then the offense was never really Jimmy's in the first place. No. He was just a practitioner of what Kyle wanted. He's a joystick. He's a joystick. Yeah. And He's if, a joystick. And anybody who understands an offense now, you can, for, for our people who are saying, oh, well, the offense was new. Jimmy was in office for five years. You can't tell me by year five yeah. he didn't have any type of ownership in the scheme. And, and, and if you don't trust a 30-year-old vet, then you're not going to trust a 23-year-old. But anyway, next one. Next one. He can't take any feedback. Yeah. So he's, he's reached a level of success, but he hasn't won a championship. And he can't take any feedback on why. Every time they come, he, he falls short, it's not his fault. And it's like, his level of, and I don't want to be rude here because I do like him, but his level of ego and self-confidence or whatever you want is like dizzyingly high. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like borderline narcissistic. I don't want to say, I don't know that he's a personality story. He's narcissistic. Yeah, right, but it's like, right. You can't take any feedback. And when a, when a reporter says respectfully, coach, you know, I mean, blocking Hassan Reddick with Tyler Croft, like he snaps at him and like, is like, no, like that's, that's, I was right. And this is football. Yeah, it's like, that was damn, the play. Like, if you can't even be honest with yourself and take feedback, like you're, you're going to be doomed to making the same mistakes. And I feel like he has been doomed to making the same mistakes since 2016. Well, I, well, I think that Kyle doesn't see mistakes. I think Kyle sees yeah. things that weren't ran, what ran the way that he wanted in the first place. Yeah. Um, I don't, uh, I, I don't see a lot of covering with yeah. Kyle where where there is a mistake um sometimes you know being able to fall on your sword and cover for mistakes or be accountable um mm -hmm. the beauty of that is like there's an unspoken conversation of the people who who understand that you could shirk responsibility right now yeah but you're falling on it right now right yeah. and yeah it's not, it's not I, that you have to it's that you're choosing to and it's, it's a good right right yeah it's not, you yeah. don't have to do this but you're choosing yeah to kill the fire right now and just be the be guy a leader. that says, it was my fault. Be a leader. Yeah. And from, I don't, I think that that escapes him from, it's not, yeah. it's not taking blame or taking responsibility or being able to hear feedback isn't about getting it right or being right. right. It's about right. holding, it's about holding responsibility and making sure that the, and making sure that the right people are protected. Right. You for don't... example, for example, for example, when we asked him after the uh, Eagles game about that play where Hassan Reddick beats Tyler Croft, head coach answers and says, "Yeah, that's on me. That's yeah. on me. I put I put our positions, uh, our players in a Read bad position." I, yeah, but a coordinator says, "That's that's a play I call all, all all. I have to call that play. That's my system. Nothing. It's, you know, that's football and... stuff happens. Head coach doesn't say that. It's his. It ultimately falls at his feet. Coordinator yeah. can say, "Hey, man, it's my system. And the head coach doesn't like it. He could have vetoed it. It's on him." Can't answer that way. You're talking like a coordinator. No, I, what do you want to be? I agree with you, Grant. And yeah. I agree with you, Grant. And really, it's not fair. This is one thing that I I want for Kyle. I want this for him. It's mm -hmm. not fair to you to try to be the head coach and officer coordinator at the same time. You're really no. wearing yourself out, honestly. Yeah, you are. Whether you know it or not. They're like, both full-time jobs. They're both 24-7 yeah, jobs. And, yeah. like, and I understand that you think you can do both. And and the more people are around you that say you should not do both, you're a little bit more galvanized. But 
you want your coordinator to have that attitude. You do. You want your coordinator to be, right. I want to live I'm always right. score every I'm always right. fucking time. Yeah. I yeah. want to. I want to be aggressive. Yes. I. Yeah. That's, that is what a coordinator is, right? But those coordinators are given the, they're nurtured to do that because they have a head coach. They're supposed to be an adult in the room True. that says, no, True. all right, yeah, that, that's not True. what we're going to do here. And Kyle that's won't do that smart. for himself. No. Yeah. No. And, and, and you know, when Mike Pettin tried to do that to him in 2014 in Cleveland, yeah. Kyle gave the hangdog look like, oh, are you serious? Do I really have to come home at 11 o'clock tonight, Dad? Yeah. Oh, and But, but really? you can see in yeah. that moment, you can see that Kyle clearly needed that, though. He needed yeah. to be told what to do at that time. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. But the fact of ma- I, the fact of the matter is, is that I don't think that there's anybody here that can like tap on the mic and be like, "Yo, yeah, yo, don't yeah. run that shit, bro. No, don't run no. that. No, no one can do that here. Absolutely, yeah. no one can do that here. So he's there's no oversight here. And when yeah. people say, hey, man, he should be on the hot seat or people are like, oh, he's never going to be on the hot seat. Well, that's part of the problem. And, and that's not necessarily a Kyle problem. That's a Jed problem. They are, Jed. they are not yeah. willing to hold him accountable for anything. He's not willing to hold himself accountable for anything. And so every year when they fall short, they, they blame someone who doesn't matter. Tyler Croft this year is your fault. The year before, Jaquaski Tart is your fault. No, 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 no. It's yeah. bigger than Tart. It's bigger than Croft, but not in Kyle's eyes. And that's to me why this year, it's highly likely that they're going to go to NFC Championship game again and lose, and they'll blame someone else who doesn't matter. He'll be off the team. It'll be Juwan Jennings' fault because well, he dropped a pass or something. Like, no. I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, you know, we, we do a lot of paying attention to what we do, but the rest of the league is at work as well. They're working too. And uh, we got mm-hmm. to the NFC Championship game with a Brock Purdy effort at quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Who's to say that this year a Brock Purdy effort at quarterback isn't even close to what we need to make it to the hunk? Yep. Everybody else is doing it. Yep. Everybody else is getting better, right? Everyone's getting better. Everybody's yep. getting better. And another thing that I'd like to bring up as far as like getting better, we're what we do is we're, we're talking about the Super Bowl. So there's only a, like really five to six teams that truly are who we're going to run into at the end of the year, right? Everybody's an NFL team, but – all of the teams that call themselves Super Bowl contenders don't have a quarterback competition in in the spring right now. Okay? No, it's it's unserious. It's unserious. None of those teams no. have a quarterback competition. And also, I would also go a step further and say that none of those teams are going to be trying to figure out how to ingratiate their starting quarterback with their starting with their with their ones by the time the season starts. I know. So, I know. What we have to do is what we have to do is understand that best case scenario, best. That's it. Brock comes back healthy. Uh, he's the starter. Everybody gets what they want. We're a month behind the best teams in the league because yeah. they've had an entire training camp to play with their starter. You can't get around okay. that. You can't okay. get around the fact that we're playing a month behind in preparation with the best teams in the league that we're going to see at the end of the year. And you can't get over the fact that we traded three first round picks for three and a half games. And we're okay True. with that. Yeah, he just he just burns this draft capital. I got two more things, and I think we'll wrap it up. Um, we'll take we'll take a lot of super chats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you mentioned earlier how he won't give up the play calling. To me, that's a mark of insecurity because mm. I think if he gives up the play calling, then from his Power. perspective, no, 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 not just that. Like 
what's my value to this team? If you thought that you were a hell of a head coach, you'd give that up and be like, no, my value, I'm a head coach, okay? I, get to I really can let you, Andy Reid does that. I'll let, I'll let Eric Bieniemy call the plays. Like, I'm a head coach. I could do it, but my true value is the leadership position. Kyle won't do that because I think deep down, he thinks my true value is calling plays, man. Once I, yeah. once I give that up, I, I'm, I'm not special. It's so clear. that's that. Kyle turns on when he gets that laminated Denny's menu. That's it. That's his moment. That's yes. it. So again, you're a coordinator heart. And then last thing. So we said he has some great game plans, right? Great game plans. He also has some stinkers, dude. And it's not just at the beginning of the season. It's against Dallas. Like, you have all these great players. And you had this too cute game plan. You had to have Juszczyk and McCaffrey come up to you mid-game and be like, dude, what are, what are we doing, man? What are we? This is way too cute. We're better than them. Let's line up and play. So that was the, the, the divisional round. Then in the championship game, just this week, you had George Kittle saying, man, Kyle's so smart. Like he sets up plays. He doesn't just run these plays. Like he sets them up. Well, you didn't set up that shot that you took to Ayuk on the first drive. You just called it and it ruined your season. So it's like he, uh, he, um, like loses who he is at critical moments of the season. Like he saves his worst game plans for the biggest moments. And he could have 12 good ones in a row, but you don't know. It's like, man, who the hell was this? I, I guess I mean, you just had a bad week or something. Like what happened, dude? But then again, then again, like that's when you had, you got to look at like a coaching staff is almost kind of like, um, like a newspaper, right? Like mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to put nothing to print without your editor seeing it. Right. So, mm-hmm. The coordinator, the thing about it is that we have a flawed SOP when it comes to rolling out things offensively. Like, Kyle is the single point of failure where everything, all roads lead to him from game plans, best scenarios, best formations. And then he gets. So if he's off, the whole team's off. Thank you. There's no. That's how it was with Bill Walsh back in the day, too. If it's all coming down to one guy, it's all. What if he, what if he wasn't feeling it that way week? What if he was distracted? It's what if someone was? Or, or, yeah, it's or all on him. He listened to his boys and and during the game, and they're like, "Yo, we don't we don't like this." But if you think about it, really, what that process is, it's like let's say you, you're a writer. How many times mm-hmm. have you been galvanized about a story where you you're a little too personal? You're you're bringing a little bit too much of your perspective into the article, and your editor has to come back and say, "Hey, Grant, yeah, now nah, you got to clean this yeah, up." Yeah, it's not an opinion it's, piece. It's not an opinion piece. Yeah. yeah. This is this yeah. isn't this is for the writers. This ain't for yeah. you. You need yeah. to bring more yeah. facts. And yeah. there's nobody on our staff that can look at a Kyle Shanahan script and say, "Hey, you know what? All of this is cute, but I don't see any of the high percentage plays that we did good on this year. Why don't we have yeah. any of that in here?" Yeah. Um, I understand that you saw this on film, and this is going to look good versus what they do. But the best the play that we run the 80th percentile on the left side of the field, I want that play in our script. I want yeah. to see how we look against them running that. You know what upset me about that call uh, for Tyler Croft, the, the Tyler Croft play? What upset me about mm-hmm. that call? It was in the script. It was in the script. It was in the script. Yeah. Like, like, like we're you, trying you, you, you installed early. that on Tuesday. You repped it all week. No one came up to you and was like, yo, we should not do this. This is yeah. stupid. This is stupid as hell. We're not, we should, what are we doing? It was in the script. Play. In the script. A shot play. And, and, you're, and again, it was designed for Tyler Croft to block Hassan Reddick. They knew they were going to get that look. They knew Tyler Croft was inactive the week before. Like that was that was just you terrible. know what that you know what that a, a play like that in the first ten plays says that we don't. Re- it's not that we don't respect y'all, but you guys don't have anything we're afraid of. 
Like right. we and we see yeah. flaws. We can't we, wait to expose James Bradbury. We can't like, explain, yeah. yeah, we can't wait. We, we, we actually can't, can't wait, wait to show to show the world what we think of this defense because they y'all haven't seen us yet. That's right. what you call in the first ten right. plays of a script when you do that. But really. The, the script should really be at the service of the offense so they can feel these boys out. We should have a myriad of plays that move the ball downfield and give and simultaneously give us information. Off the you know what it felt like? It felt like a boxer coming out at the opening bell, going out to the middle of the ring. Dropping and throwing hooks. And like, and like, he's yeah. like, oh, let's go. And just like, war, you know, like do some stupid stuff and then just gets knocked out. It's like, well. You showed him no respect. What did you expect, man? No respect. He's like, oh, man, I would have won if I had my hands up. Like, yeah, man, maybe you should have your hands up next time. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you ever make yeah, it back to this fight. Yeah, it's called, yo, yeah. what you call it? That's called a bolo punch. Like, what you yeah, exactly. Like, you, you're loading punch. up on the bolo punch. You got knocked out by a left uh, hook, and you're like, oh, what happened, man? I wasn't, I was just messing around. Cool. Uh, Don't mess I around mean, next time. It, for now, man, it's just rich because um, we got a talented squad. We're going to win yep. games. We're going to yep. win games. Right, oh, yeah. but team could happen. But we 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 talk about the dogs, the dogs yep. who who they do it the right way. Ain't ain't no ain't no cap in they rap. They got a quarterback, <laughs> right? So right. you know that's, right. that's who we gotta really see. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go through these super chats and get out of here in the next ten okay. minutes. Tyler says, "Drop back passing game, not play action. We need to develop how hard it is. How hard is it to accomplish? The offensive line and quarterback play needs to be better." Yeah. I mean, the Niners don't do. Oh, it's well, not just the drop back passing game. It's the hurry up. They don't do any of that stuff. We don't they are no the slowest offense. They don't do it. No, no huddle. It's, and it's like the whole idea is like, why should we even practice that? We're always winning. We're so much better well, than the rest well, of the league. Like, be honest. It, if, you, if you go a step further, a lot of the reason why we don't run the drop back passing game is because of the type of offense alignment we have Correct. to run the outside zone. It's a choice. So, yeah, it's we're so married to the outside zone and what we have to yeah. do in those blocking schemes that we really don't have the athletes to have like a traditional huh. drop back passing game. You can't, and that's been the, the Shanahan's issue forever. Niners update we're says off top. We're huh? tilted. It's it, it's too. There's too much of a run emphasis on this team in 2023. I'm sorry. Niners update says off topic, but in the Eagles game, Kyle didn't challenge the catch by Smith on fourth down. He had done that. The game isn't. Had he done that, the game isn't the same. Anyway, love your show. Yeah, we mentioned he can't adjust miss game. How about just like reacting mid-game yeah. like but, reacting but to um to, to 49ers updates credit that's something that again we see those little things on the field during game times where we don't call timeouts at the right time or where we miss we miss a challenge uh, we miss challenge opportunities and it's hard to have Kyle do all of that while he's still holding that big ass laminated menu in his hand like right. he's too busy being a coordinator to be a head coach at times. And yeah, he's not. He, he's, he's, he's he's thinking of the next play he's going to call or whatever, and he's or, or what he's how he's going to sequence his drive, and he's not like in the yeah. game again. Be a head coach, dude. A head coach right. calls that uh, challenge would, there. Coordinator's would, thinking about his play. I would, I would, I don't know this for sure, but if you're just looking at one plus one equals two, simple math. If Kyle's the coordinator on game day then you have to understand that there are people who have head coaching responsibilities on game day mm -hmm. that help him, right? Anthony that, Lynn, yeah, the assistant head that, coach. That other coaches Anthony usually yeah. don't have anything to do with. So you got to understand that on game day, there are responsibilities of Kyle's that he's outsourcing to other people because he wants to be the coordinator. Well, Anthony Lynn should have told Kyle, someone should have told Kyle challenges. I'm not challenges putting it off. I'm not taking it. Smith catch, yeah. 
I mean, it's a failure for the entire coaching staff, especially if he's outsourcing those type of things. Do we lack, do you think we lack preparation? I mean, sometimes they look like the most prepared team in the league. It's, it's not mm-hmm. that simple, right? I mean, they're a very well-prepared team sometimes. When, they, when, they, when, they, when their scouting is good, when they actually, I think this is what I would do if I was facing Kyle. I would just run a defense I've never run. Run front. I don't even care. Just do something different. Just cause chaos. Just cause chaos, man. If you're not as good as the 49ers, cause chaos because they they're not, they can't, they're very they specific can't in their preparation. They no. can't coach it up that quick. That's what they you got to do. Coach it up right away. Yeah. Just have two or three fronts that you haven't run before. Coach them all week. This is what we're going to do. They're not going to be prepared for it. See what happens. That's the best way you can right. face because them. Because the coaches, the coaches could probably coach up the technique, but yep. then it would throw Kyle off of trying to call the plays. Yeah, he can't. They can't react quick enough. Nathan says week two, Brock Purdy. And that's why Pittsburgh could win week one because week one, they have hella fronts. I mean, are the Niners going to be prepared for all that? Nathan says week two, Brock Purdy goes down. Week seven, Trey Lance out. Sam Donald takes the Super Bowl, goes down by halftime. Brandon Allen loses the Super Bowl. Why do I feel like that's really going to happen? That is so perfect. (laughs) Hilarious. Why do I feel like that's exactly what's going to happen? Lobs all day says, love Kyle, but when have we run a sluggo slant and go? Point. Ah. you, you, know, you, know today, what I think, you know what I think Kyle is going to do? I think by proxy, Kyle is going to raise the floor on the offensive acumen of this fan base. Yeah. I think that because yeah. we've seen his offense so much, people yeah. are going to raise their eye and say, yeah. well, God damn it, when's the last time I seen Brandon Ayuk run a post corner? Thank you. How about that, Lobs? How about that? When's the last time? When's the last time I seen Debo Samuel run run more than fifteen yards away from the line of scrimmage? Like, Thank when's you. the last time we seen that? Right? Yeah. Is that how come it took George Kittle into? How come it took seven years into Kittle's career to make him a red zone threat? Seven years, and it wasn't even Kyle who figured it out. It was freaking Brock. It was Brock. Oh, I'll throw to Kittle. Oh, what a concept! Yeah, the tight end in the in the end zone. Who does it? Oh. He, Kyle didn't figure, I want to throw to Richie James. Nice, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ink Talk TV says you need an elite quarterback to beat elite defenses. Purdy and his vibranium arm ain't it. Well, vibranium. Mm. Sorry. Well, we'll see. Tommy Huxley, Croft is Gumby. How did this scrub make the team? He's not here anymore. Yeah. Uh, he's on Miami. He's going to go. He beat out Ross, season. though. <laughs> he did. Hey, maybe no. Ross would have missed that block too, no doubt. George would have missed that block. Thomas uh, McGlinchey would have missed that block. A grunt people saying you have rider legs. I know. I, I really that was bad. I'm working on it. I did legs yesterday. The calves. I got to work on the calves. They're agile though. I, I'm, I got I, you. Got something there. I, 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 you know I could move in my day. I didn't. I, I could move in my day. I didn't carry a lot of weight, but yo, girl, how tall? Anyway, six feet, six one. Six, yeah, I'm giving myself six one. Six one 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 seventy four. I lost ten pounds in the last month. I'm so proud of myself. I haven't been this light since I was in college. I don't know what inspired me, but let's go. Look at you, man. Yeah. Look at you. You I look good, this. boy. Thanks, man. You Appreciate it. So do you. You've been you've been cut. You've been you've been I'm losing the weight. Thing, yeah, I've lost like eighty two since in three 82. months. Eighty two. Eighty two. So congrats. We 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 working, boy. Yeah, and you have a better temp fade than me. Yeah, I mean, listen, man. Not to not to talk about the dude at the Montclair b- Barbershop. Shout out, Daniel. You did a good no, job. Thank you. We're going to get you straight, though. Like, Because I like the fade on the sides. Mm-hmm. We got to figure out a way how to just make that thing up top more natural. Like, I know. It, I know. I don't know. It's a little too axy. It's like, a little too... Yeah, it is a little axy. It's like I love like 19. I got to yeah, work on that. Yeah, like you just threw some axe in there. 
We just got, we can't give you no way. Man, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching, everyone. I'm out. I'll see you guys later. That's fucked up.